Welcome to the Cambridge Tech Podcast, talking all things technology from the heart of the UK's tech capital. Here are your hosts, Faye Holland and James Parton. Hi, I'm James. And I'm Faye. Today's episode is about the Trinity Bradfield Prize. James, you are the first person to be interviewed today. So tell us about the prize. What is it? So the idea behind the prize was uh, basically how could Trinity do more to support student entrepreneurship, not just within the college, but across the whole university. And obviously with Trinity's involvement also in the Bradfield Centre, there was a natural synergy. We also, you know, are obviously here to support and promote entrepreneurship and also to provide entrepreneurial opportunities for students. So there was a real natural fit. So we felt that there was an opportunity to launch a prize. We wanted to make it slightly different in terms of other prizes that were available. So where it's similar is there's cash prizes and mentorship, where there's an additional piece of value is you also get membership of the Bradfield Centre. The idea behind that is to get you immersed into a entrepreneurial community, rub shoulders with other startup founders and have access to all the facilities here and all the events that run here. Sounds great. And how long has it been running? So the first one was 2018. Uh, We then followed up in 2019 with a second. COVID got in the way in 2020, but we returned really strongly in 21 with our largest ever application numbers. 125 teams applied. That's great. And the applications are open right now for 2022. And we're going to be speaking to Molly shortly, who was the winner from this last competition. What's your view, though, on what kind of experiences the the people who enter the competition will get from it? I think there's a number of benefits. First and foremost is getting your idea out into the public domain. You know, you can spend too long locked away contemplating on what you're doing. Is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? So just going through that process of completing an application form is a really good forcing feature for you to, you know, get your idea down on paper and try to explain it in a way that makes sense to someone else. To me, it's less about being judged. It's very much a supportive process. You know, we've tried to create a sense of, uh, I mean, community is an overused word, but it's a nurturing competition rather than a competitive competition, if that makes sense. Um, So, you know, you shouldn't feel like you're stressed or anxious by applying. It's not for someone else to deem if your idea is a good one or not. It's an opinion at the end of the day. But that kind of that function of writing it down and then if you're selected to pitch in the final, getting up in front of your peers and and people within the Cambridge community, it's just whilst it could be slightly daunting, is a great experience and it's hard to replicate. So if you're serious about becoming an entrepreneur and going on that kind of journey, you get yourself out of your comfort zone. uh, You're going to get to meet great people. And it's it's really a unique opportunity for you. So it's it's almost it's a safe competition. To, yeah. To to get into it's great. And so out of the companies that have gone through it, or the the ideas that have gone through it, are there any highlights that you can share with us? Typically, we have between one and three winners in each year. It's always at the judge's discretion in terms of the prizes awarded. 
obviously yeah, all of them are being outstanding in their own way because the competition is so stiff. I guess in terms of if if you use it as a metric of success, the outstanding one is a company called Boltzbits, which raised um, financing from IQ Capital. Uh, and Kerry is one of the judges um, of the competition. So in terms of financial success, they're certainly the one that's shown the uh, most potential in terms of moving from very quickly from an idea moving through to you know a startup opportunity that's great news and is there anything new happening in this next iteration nothing new in terms of the format you know i think we've had some really strong feedback from last year's entrance so we're gonna keep the mentoring although we are improving the matchmaking this year uh, we're looking to use a mentoring platform to do a better job of that Last year was a little bit complicated and manual, to say the least. So we've got some improvements there. I say this every year. One thing I'd love to do more is to work with the, I guess you call it the alumni of previous applicants. Because one thing I hate about competitions is not only that sense that you're being judged, but only the winners get anything from it other than, you know, the experience. So I want to do more in terms of involving everyone that applies in terms of what we offer here at the Bradfield and some of the support services that we offer. So I think moving forward, making more of that database so you apply, you get something is something that's really top of mind for me. That's great. It's also nice to keep all the alumni engaged yeah. in it as well, because then you find out what they've done over the last few years as well. Yeah. You know, it's not just you've you've been involved one year and then we'll we'll love you and leave you. You actually keep them engaged. And it's very much not a one shot opportunity. You know, if you apply you know, if, if you applied in a previous year, there's absolutely nothing stopping you reapplying, even if it's the same idea. You know, another twelve months allows you to, you know, uh develop the idea and may back maybe come back stronger. So don't think if you've applied before and haven't been successful that that's the end of the journey. You know, we would very much encourage you to reapply. Great. Well, um, it's been very nice asking you some questions, James. Um, I hope you're as nice asking me questions if that ever arises. Let's talk about GrowthWorks. It's the fully funded program that's supporting the leaders of ambitious growth businesses to scale and double their profits and productivity. If you're looking to take your business to the next step, GrowthWorks will support you to plan bigger, scale faster, and stay ahead of the game so you can deliver on both your financial and market share targets. Exclusively for businesses across Cambridgeshire and Peterborough, GrowthWorks is here to help you. Get started and arrange a call with them on www.growthworks.uk. So joining us now is Molly Hagen, who was one of last year's winners. And Molly is a senior research associate at the Department of Engineering here at the University of Cambridge. So Molly, thanks for coming on to the show today. Great to have you here. Um, well, first, why don't we kind of start with your background? You've been studying, obviously, in Cambridge. Was that always an ambition to find yourself in the UK? Yeah, it definitely took a turn. I first want to say thank you for having me here and, and hello to both of you. My background uh, definitely led me to Cambridge. It was not the intention by any means. I am from the U.S. and uh, took very a very winding path to get to Cambridge. But being here, the community here has been amazing, and I can't imagine being anywhere else now. So what led to your specialism in air pollution research and particle detection? Was that 
a passion of yours? Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of a, a long story, but I'll give you the shortened version of it. I grew up on a farm in northern Minnesota and learning about the life cycle and how different events affect, um, you know, plant growth and animal health and all of those intricacies that are, are interlinked that really made me start to think about the environment as a whole and how to make sure that it's um, being maintained and upkept for future generations. I started in my undergrad degree looking at how to degrade sulfa drugs from wastewater, so learning how to, to make sure that they're not being um, infiltrated into drinking water things of that nature. And then from there, I actually took a turn and got my PhD and started working with air pollution stuff. So it's always been in the environmental world, but uh, not necessarily specifically on on air pollution. And then once I, I got my PhD on looking at heavy good vehicle emissions, I came to Cambridge. And that was really my first project was looking at how to maximize energy consumption for future fuel use. So looking at hydrogen, electricity for uh, heavy good movement. And then from there, um, looking at a variety of different ways of how we can monitor these things going forward. So that's what really led me to my mini CPC project, where we wanted to move the sensor development forward um, for allowing people to measure air pollution, um, not just for vehicles, but also in urban environments um, in really polluted areas. So you can understand your exposure level from both a health perspective as well as regulation and perspectives. So I was at the event that you pitched at last year, the Trinity Bradfield Prize final. Loved the presentation. And actually, you there was some really strong competition there. So so congrats on winning. Thank you. Um, can you talk us through, you've obviously got the background of the, the research and, and why you ended up there. Can you, can you talk us through the tech that you've now developed? And is anyone else doing anything like it? Uh, yeah, yeah. So the technology that we're developing, really what it does is it counts the number of particles in the air. So at the pitch last year, which was a really fun event to be part of, um, and a lot of great people were there. It was, it was really fun to be part of that. But the technology that we're developing is unique in a lot of aspects, but there are a few other people that are working on some some similar aspects to it. Um, what makes our group really unique is that we're 3D printing a lot of the components of it, as well as trying to reduce the size that we're able to detect. So some people, um, they're working on this, but they're looking at a much larger size fraction, so they're missing a lot of the ultrafine particles or the, the really small particles that um, are in the air. So we're, we're working on that technology, um, and importantly, we're making it low cost. Right now, the other technology that's available is about 5,000 to 10,000 pounds, which on a research scale, that's really cheap. Um, you know, the kind of instruments that you're looking at for a laboratory is about 100,000 pounds. So 5,000, it's quite a deal. Um, but if you want to make this commercially available and available to the everyday consumer, you really need to reduce that by about an order of magnitude. So down to about the 100 to 500 pound mark. And we're able to do that um, using a few interesting techniques uh, within our, our sensor and with the team of scientists that we have behind it, we're able to maximize um, the length scales that we're able to monitor these small particles on. So it's really been a team effort, but it's been really fun to be able to be part of, of the, you know, the development of our mini CPC, but also being part of this Bradfield Center community. So where are you up to in the process now and what's going to happen next? Yeah, we have a lot of really good momentum going with our project, both on the scientific side of things as well as on the commercialization aspect as well. So on the scientific side of things, we finally have our prototype ready to go and we're now just retailing it 
to do a few more optimizations uh, for it. And then on the commercialization side of things, I was just part of the IECT summer school in Austria where we were learning how, or I learned how to really develop the business case for this product, for our mini CPC. And that was such an, an interesting experience, being able to connect with a lot of the venture capitalists, learning how to build a market case. So now I'm able to use that knowledge and really build the business side of things. So we're we're starting down that pathway now uh, on the commercialization side of things. And it's a totally different set of skills as well, isn't it? You know, it's, so. you're not you're not doing the research anymore. It's learning how to actually set up a business. Yeah, exactly. I think that's been it's a challenge in a way, but it's been a really fun challenge. Mm-hmm. All of our group, we are very much we're all engineers and, and very scientific mindset. But the business side of thing has been really fun to get to learn and how to collaborate with other people, other types of people that have you know different skill sets. And that's been really fun. So I guess building on that, did you always have that entrepreneurial side to you? Or is this something that's just developed recently when you realized what an opportunity you have yeah. with this uh, sensor? I wouldn't say it was always a goal of mine. I yeah. would say that I've always enjoyed it. I've always enjoyed being able to communicate with people and being able to be personable with people rather than just being in a lab um, with the door closed, which that's some people's forte and that's what they love. I like to be out uh, on the front of things and being able to be interactive with people. So I wouldn't say I was always wanting to be the entrepreneurial person of a, of a group, but now that I am in this position, I really enjoy it. Mm. And what have you found the culture like in, within the university. So we everyone's always talking about how entrepreneurial it is and there's all these spin-outs. And mm. what's it actually like in the university? How do you find it? Yeah, it's been a new world to, to come into. But what I have found is because there are so many spin-outs, there's a lot of opportunities and a lot of support within the university. So pretty much any question that I have, there's someone that's probably gone through something similar that I can I can reach out and I can say, hey, how do I how do I do this? How do I deal with this? How do I overcome this hurdle? And if they don't know the answer, they know someone who does. And that has been extremely wonderful. And I think that's something that the university really facilitates is being able to help people through this spin out process and the entrepreneurial process that potentially wouldn't be found other places. So yeah, it's been really, really good to be in the Cambridge community for this because I think there are so many opportunities and um, communities that are willing to help with this. So we obviously met through the Trinity Bradfield Prize. If we kind of rewind a little bit, how did you first discover that this competition was happening and and the potential benefits of getting involved? Yeah, so I uh, was passed along an email from my PI, Adam Boyce, who is at Trinity, and he said, you know, this is something we should potentially apply to. And after reading it, I thought, yeah, that might be interesting to give it a go. And it wasn't um, wasn't very taxing as far as what needed to be done for the application. It was something I could put together just to see what happens. Um, and I put in my application and I was granted a, a spot to, to pitch uh, yeah. here. And so that was very unexpected. And you won. <laughs> yeah, I, I won unexpectedly. Um, it was the first pitch I had ever given. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't really know what to expect or how to go about pitching a business idea. Thankfully, my PI, Adam Boys, he has done a few of these, so he was able to coach me a little bit. 
But the nerves coming down on the on the first day, you know, when you're standing up on the stage, I was like, what am I doing? Why why am I putting myself through this? But it was actually really fun. And then the judges were so supportive. You know, they had lots of questions and it was it was good just to have that feedback right away that they actually understood what I was saying. So yeah, it was a, a very interesting first experience at getting, giving a pitch. And and it was a great audience as well, yeah? Yeah, yeah it was fun. They, you know, people were... No, I'm only joking. I just thought it was a really important audience yeah, there as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, it was great. And you, the audience was was very fun. And, you know, having other people who were pitching in the audience was also great. Because we'd worked all day on giving our pitch and tailoring our pitch and being able to be collaborative with other people who had no idea what a CPC even is. Um, and so that was really important and uh, fun to get to be part of. And it was it was a really lovely vibe as well in yeah. the room. It was almost like there was everyone that, that was pitching that were all together supporting mm-hmm. each other. And then there was everyone else. Yeah. You know, but by the end of it, it was it was completely open. So it was yeah. it was great. It was a really good event. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, well, well put on. <laughs> but the group that that was pitching, I mean, throughout the day we were giving our pitches to other people. So we kind of knew what was coming. And it was really fun to get to uh, you know, you you watch them tailor their pitch, you know, mid mid pitch and you said, Oh, well, we worked on that little part together and and that collaborative space was was cool to be part of. Nice. So, I mean, I'm I'm hoping that students will be listening to this um, when it goes out and might consider applying for this year's competition. So why don't we kind of jump to the, the nitty gritty of, you know, what difference did winning make? Yeah. So, of course, there was a financial part, which was great. We were able to do some more testing, some more optimization, you know, buying little bits for our development of the mini CPC. But I think the biggest thing was actually just getting involved in this business space. So being able to network that evening on on the pitch night, I made great connections with people that I'm still in contact with. It wasn't just, uh, yeah, I'll follow you on LinkedIn and then never hear from you again. It's, oh, we're actually reaching out. We're having this interactive process. People who want to help with, you know, finding grants, um, if, you know, there's legal work that needs to be done. Lots of different interactions that way. And then also, you know, we were we were given the opportunity to have mentors throughout this process. And that was great. So I think I met with about eight different people who came from different backgrounds and they were able to give me advice on legal work, on the business case, on marketing, on the technical side of things. So it was really great to be able to have all of those different opportunities. And then also on that, you know, going into different spaces. So as I mentioned, I was at this IECT summer school. And people there had actually known me from this Bradfield Prize. Oh, really? oh yeah, we we saw you give your pitch or, oh, we know you from this. And I thought that was pretty cool. So had it not been for the Bradfield Center um, and, and the Trinity Bradfield Prize, those kind of connections probably would never have been made. So in that respect, it's been able to kind of turn our technology into more of a business case for sure. Thank you. I think we definitely, it's, you're, you're one to watch. So do oh, keep you. in touch with us and maybe we'll have you back on when you've got your pre-seed or your seed or whoever knows. Yeah. So Molly, what advice would you give to anyone who's listening who thinks that they would like to apply? Well, my very first piece of advice is go for it. You need to just get your name out there and at least try. Um, if you have an idea that you think is worth presenting to an audience, I think you need to at least just apply. Um, do it for yourself and for your ideas. Um, the second bit of advice, I think, is really just showing your passion for your product. Yeah, it's all great and good to have something that makes money, but I think 
the way most companies succeed, at least what I'm finding, is being passionate about it. So without the passion and without the desire to strive to really go forward, it's going to be harder to be successful. Not impossible, but I think it really drives it when when you have that bit of passion behind it. So making sure that comes through in an application, that you're really dedicated to the cause rather than um, just, just wanting to do something just for fun. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, thanks so much Perfect. for taking the time to come in. Um, and it's great to keep seeing you popping into the Bradfield Centre as well. So Yeah, it's been great. Always welcome. Oh, thank you so much. It's been great to be here with you both. And it's been such an honour to be able to come into the Bradfield Centre. Uh, it's been been a great community to be part of. So what's the schedule, James, for 2022 and how can people find out more? Yeah, so applications are open right now. Uh, They close on the 30th of November, so still plenty of time uh, to get your applications in. And the final and pitching day is on the 24th of January uh, next year. And how to apply? Just go to trinitybradfieldprize.co.uk. The application form is there as is a whole bunch of other information about the judges and the mentors. And uh, you can listen to other recordings of previous winners as well. Today's show was produced by Carl Homer of Cambridge TV and supported by our media partner, Business Weekly. The Cambridge Tech Podcast is available on all major podcast platforms and on cambridgetechpodcast.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please give it a five-star review. It will really help others discover the show. If you are a startup looking to grow in Cambridge, the Bradfield Centre offers a range of flexible membership packages which put you in control of your office and home working mix. There's a vibrant, collaborative atmosphere on-site cafe, plenty of green outside space and regular member social events. For more information, visit bradfieldcentre.com or call 01223 919 600.